uh, we're going to jump in the word and get you excited and we're going to help you get your harvest. Amen. Amen. How many believe in God for a house? Nobody. Everybody already got the house in. Well, hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. Everybody already has a house. Raise your hand. Okay. You're not believing God for a house. Why not? Why well, don't want to live in a house? That's fine. God says you're supposed to own it. You can rent it to somebody else. Why are you not believing God for a house? You need it. God called you to do it. Land is the original revenue of the world. It does not change, has not changed since the Garden of Eden to now. Land has always been the original revenue. You don't want to lose that. So God expects it. And it's the one thing that you can for sure pass on to a multi-generation that will not go away. Okay? It's not double taxed like a lot of other new things that come into play. So you need to understand that. Amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of practical things to do in the natural. And I'm going to give you some spiritual things to do and exercise. And I do know how to do it. So what David was talking about, I, I was working at the time for IBM. I didn't walk in supernatural grace with my manager. Uh, I, I made him look bad. It was intentional. I ain't gonna lie. I had to repent afterwards. It was, it, it flat out was. Don't y'all do that. That was a bad, bad example. Bad, bad example. But he asked me to create a presentation for him and I did it, but I did it in a way that I knew he wouldn't be able to explain it. So during the meeting, he had to keep asking me questions. And eventually his boss told me to come sit at the table. And then, but I was making money for him. So I'm thinking, okay, he's gonna do what's right. Then he sent my job to India and said, no, we're not firing you. You can move to India if you want to keep your job. Okay, yeah, right. So I ended up leaving IBM. I took an executive job at Dale. It wasn't the right fit for me. And so I put a plan together in April. And over six months, I converted that plan into doubling my salary. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me clarify with the word. I can't take any credit for it. And so don't leave here saying what Pastor Tony did, because I'm going to show you the principles came straight from the Bible. Okay? Six-figure signing bonus. Okay? And an additional matching bonus that gets paid to me in year two and three. And I did it with the word. And when I say double, I mean you take the final number on my... W-2 from last year compared to what it's going to be for the upcoming year, double. I ain't, I ain't playing funny numbers with you, okay? Now, I do work in a sales environment. I'm a consultant, but I just accepted a senior uh, partner vice president role at IBM going back to them. Matter of fact, I started four days ago, literally. And Jesus did all of it. Did you hear what I just said? No man, because see, I knew people that were there and God wouldn't let me call one of them as I went through this process. Because the organization that I went into is a different organization and God said, well, no, if you call them, then your flesh is going to be in the midst of this blessing and then you're going to try to take credit for it. And so if you're going to use the word, you got to trust it, amen? All right, so now I'm going to lay some basic faith things out to you that I know you probably know, but tell your neighbor, say, I'm ready to learn. When I saw you guys in March, we talked about these seven things. One of the things that has taken place already is that every quarter I have my entire church confess that they're going to get increase in the quarter based upon what they're believing God to do in their life financially by the end of the year. Over half of my church has already reached that number, and the rest of them we're working with now in the last quarter of the year. So we talked about creating expectation for 2019, continual harvest. Say continual. So now here's the question. Most of you sold tonight. When do you harvest on it? Okay, all right, so, no, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not even trying to deceive you. Listen to me. If you were a farmer and you just planted seeds tonight, would you have an expectation on when that seed was going to come up? Yes, on the back of packets, it's called a germination cycle. Okay? God has a germination cycle on every seed that you sow. So when you leave it, somebody else gathers it, and this is why the church is not harvesting. We're sowing, but we're not reaping. And if you're not reaping, you're not going to harvest, okay? So you got to start having an expectation tied to every seed that you sow by faith. The law guarantees it. Number two, identify kingdom keys and laws that will help me succeed, like the law of sowing and reaping, like the law of focus and the law of momentum. We'll talk about some of those. Number three is develop a wealth mentality. Wealth is not money. It is a mentality that attracts it. 
Wealth is not money. It is a mentality that attracts it, okay? Number four, activate your faith for daily harvest. The daily harvest we're going to show you tonight comes out of 1 Kings chapter 17. It is a prophet anointing that comes back to the believer that day. Say that day. And I got proof. I did it for more than 60 days. Actually, I did it for about, for about six months. But for 60 to 90 days, I saw it exercise, and I practiced it every day, okay? I wasn't a pastor when I did it either. Wasn't a teacher. I was working in children's church. All of you talking about you want to be in the fivefold, go practice in children's church. I bet every pastor in here could use somebody to work. Amen? Okay. All right, number five, learn how to transfer my harvest from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Understand the season that I'm in now and how to win in it. Not every season is going to be easy. That's okay. Gird yourself up. Amen? All right, and then number seven, develop an image for success at all times. Okay? I have the distinct pleasure of having two of the sons of this house in my church there. Praise God. Y'all send anybody else down there you want to send? Praise God. Uh, so two of David's nephews are members at our church, and they're actively involved in our church. And one of them is actually an employee at IBM, and I walked him through this plan. And we doubled his salary when he started. Okay? So David and family members can tell you he's there and he's working compared to what he was doing. Matter of fact, he was about to move back home when David sent him to me. And we walk him through the process in the word. See, in the word. That's the foundation of it. All right, let's go to John chapter 1 first. Let's start off there. And uh, guys, you can go ahead and go to the next slide. And then I'm going to flow right now because the Holy Ghost is just going to kind of direct us on where we need to go, okay? All right. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what that those three keys are there and why they're so important to you. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So one of the things that I struggled with was I heard all these people explaining things to me when I was a kid, telling me about giving, telling me about sowing, and it really was more giving than sowing, but I never heard anybody talking about reaping. I grew up in a three-room house in North Mississippi, no running water. We had a bedroom, we had a living room, and a kitchen. My brother and I used to carry water twice a day, every day, until I was nine years old. I know what it means to live in poverty. I know what it looks like. I know what it smells like. And I can sense it when it comes in the room. But we're going to run it smack up out of this whole city because the ability to, watch this, to grow wealth has nothing to do with the economy of the city. It has to do with the wealth inside of the believer. And you have the ability to convert, listen, I'm talking about in six months, I should come back and all of you employed. In one year, the city should be giving you the key to the city. In two years, they should be changing the name to Christenville. But you got to be a believer. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a believer. Okay, so now, how do we do this? Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm learning something already. You can confess it. It ain't going to hurt you. You can at least say it. Good grief. Come on. Wake up. What are you going to do? It's a Thursday night. Go home, watch run, reruns of Gunsmoke. Nothing else on. Nothing worth watching anyway. Matthew chapter 6. I know you know this, but I want you to put your eyes on it because I want to show you a couple of things. Amen? All right. Let's pick it up. It says in verse 9, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. All right. So now he says, as it is in heaven, your kingdom come. Now I'm going to use a basic history example. The United States has been established now in as a country that came over from England. Everybody knows that from your history, right? All the students in history, yeah, yep, yep, I remember that. Okay, now, what did they do? The Queen sent over a group, they established a small colony, and then all of a sudden they decided they wanted to have a revolt against that colony. You need to revolt against the world system. Because you need to understand that all Satan has done to your thought life is colonize you to think like somebody who's trying to survive. And you need to be thinking like a king who's establishing a throne. And you cannot function in the kingdom of God split between the world system and God's system. You're meant to go into the world system, establish authority, and then rule within that system. Watch this, with grace and mercy. Because the Bible says that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Anybody ever had an unsaved, mean manager before? 
You'd be glad just to get somebody saved who don't even know the word good. You say, praise, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. They just know Jesus. That's good enough for me right now. Yeah. And look, three things you do when you get one of them. You, you pray for them to get promoted. You pray for them to get moved. And then if they want, you pray that David prayer, Lord, the cow, the house, the mouse, the, all of them out the way. Now, you pray for the first two first. But if they don't want to do it, you ask them, are you saved? Because you don't want to move. And you had two promotions. You won't take it. Because you don't get out of my way. So you're going to be dusting a little bit, boy. That's a joke. Come on. Okay, y'all, Lord. Some of y'all looking like, I don't know. What does that mean, Pastor? All right. Three things that I had to establish to move myself into a position of faith. When I got married to my wife, mom, I call her mom. Um, my mom, natural mom, had already died when I was a senior in high school. And so I had not had a mother in my life for a couple of years. And the enemy had done a lot of things to try to deceive me and get me off on the wrong path. I almost became a mercenary when I first went through my military training. And my grandmother, by the spirit of God, called and interrupted it. Uh, this gentleman showed up in black trucks, took out these big old black suitcases, probably bigger than those speakers, opened them up, and all I could see was $100 bills. He's like, look, we saw your training. We saw you you're sniper qualified. We want to use you. The only thing is you're not going to be able to wear the United States flag anymore, but you're going to be doing work for your country. I said, why can't I wear the flag if I'm doing work for my country? Well, we're going to be in places we're not really supposed to be. And so think about it. I said, okay, fine. I'll think about it. I go in my room, in my dorm, and the payphone on the hallway rings. And the guy three doors down goes, Tony, phone for you. So said, can't phone me, me. Don't nobody even know in my house, in my family, that phone number. I go to the payphone. Hello, it's my grandmother. Boy, what you doing? Mama had it. Mama had it. Where you get this number from? Baby, when I woke up, it was laying next to me. And Jesus told me to call you. Don't you take that man's money. <laughs> Mama had it. Where you get this number from? This payphone. Boy, I'm praying for you. Then she hung the phone up. It freaked me out so much. I'm like, okay, no, I, I can't take that money. I don't know whatever else happened, but it's the best decision I ever made because the enemy was trying to take me down a path of death because I was angry still about my mom because guess what? The man of God told me that God needed my mom in heaven because he, he was short one angel. He didn't know any better. But what he didn't understand is how angry I was inside about it. Because that day I had just come from a school field trip. So that anger put me in a place of where I questioned the things of God. And then he used it. Does that make sense? All right, so now, how do you move from that to a place to where everything God says you accept it? These three keys became my personal mantra for my life. I live by them every day. What we just talked about in that doubling came out of this. Number one, I develop a kingdom dominion mindset. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And there's so many books out there. James Allen's book out there about it. There are a lot of other books out there. The world tries to emulate it, but there's a distinctive difference between thinking different than thinking different and then believing by faith for God to actually change something. Do you understand the difference? See, I don't just think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get better, but I know it's going to get better because the power of faith changes things. So I'm not just trying to mentally think that it's going to be a good day. I know it's going to be a good day. Because there's power behind the word that makes me think the way I think. Number two, I trust and know God cannot lie. Every one of those scriptures right there from Numbers 23, 19, all the way down to Hebrews 6, 18 is an established truth that God cannot lie. Tell your neighbors that God cannot lie. Not God will not lie. Not God chooses not to lie. He cannot lie. Stop. Do you believe that? then if you do, any scripture you read should change any thought that you have if you've been taught the wrong way about it. So who wants a house? Everybody does because the Bible said he's giving you houses. Well, I don't want to live in a house. That's fine. Rent them. $10,000 homes that you rent out a year, that's a million dollars a year that you get in revenue. Just some quick math for you. Amen. I was reading the other day, homes in Flint selling 30% under the actual market value. 
Oh, just hint, hint. Okay, praise the Lord. I don't want no house in front. Listen, folks. The economy being driven down intentionally. Look at Chicago, what's happening. The South Side now has become one of the most expensive places to live in Chicago. Because you know what they did? They tore down all the projects, run all the folks out, and now all of a sudden, now corporate America is buying that. Flint is on the list. Okay? The GDP says that revenue that's going to come from the inner cities will spike over the next five years. Top 10 cities expected to grow that spike for the gross domestic product for the United States. Overall revenue, and Flint is on the list. What do you think Kettering is still teaching business schools and economics and stuff down the street from you? Ain't no accident. If they didn't believe it, they'd have uprooted that pool and moved them somewhere else. Okay, anyway, that ain't even the message for tonight. Now, let's talk about this. I want to read something. Let's go to Numbers 23, 19. I want your eyes on it because I don't need you to see it. Because, you know, I don't want you leaving here saying, well, Pastor Tony said it. No, I want you to leave here saying God said Amen? Amen. I know you know these scriptures. 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son a man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? God backs up his word. Next one. Isaiah, I mean, Isaiah, 1 Samuel 15. Tell your neighbor, said, I need to write all these down. I need to write all these down. Take a picture of something. I mean, you know, turn your thing on. Y'all be bootlegging your message every Sunday anyway on your phone, so you might as well. Uh, <laughs> you cheat yourself when you do that. I don't know a pastor that charges more than seven, eight dollars for the CD, MP3, or a CD. You don't. You don't want to invest in it. Well, I'm saving money. You're not saving money. You're hurting yourself. Because, see, you don't understand the power of a seed. When you invest in the seed that you hear, then it becomes valuable to you of what you've heard. So now the $7 you paid for that message becomes the fertilizer for what goes into your ear. And now you're hearing it over and over and over based on the seed you sown. Then it reproduces a harvest back in your life. Stop bootlegging the message and just buy it. Amen. They ain't making money. They ain't buying no Cadillac with you paying $7 for no CD. That's, that's another thing. You got to stop not trusting your man and woman of God. I'll talk about that later. All right, here we go. First Samuel chapter 15, and it says, and also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent. Say he will not lie. For he is not a man that he should relent. The word relent means change, turn, a twist. Now, why is this important for you to understand this? Then when I confess the word based on what God has said, I establish within myself a truth that I can now stand on. My conviction now, watch this. I'm not living by a regiment. I'm living by a conviction of truth. I believe God. Tell your neighbors, I believe God. I know he cannot lie. All right, and then my favorite is Hebrews 6 and 18. Hebrews 6 and 18. Uh, I got to speed up a little bit because I want you to see all these. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18. Now, I like this in the expanded translation, but I'm just going to read it to you here out of the... Uh, out of the New King James tonight. Hebrews 6 and 18, it says, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation. Now, let me explain something to you. When I first read that scripture, I did like all other Christians do. You know, I read it and just like, oh, man, praise God. Because some of y'all just did that. Y'all just read that scripture and y'all said that, okay? All right, by two immutable things, amen? Now, here's a question. How many of you really know what immutable means? Because I didn't. I was faking like you can believe. I mean, hey, man, praise God. That's an awesome word. Hey, immutable. Like you walk around every day. This has been such an immutable day today. I really appreciate it. I just woke up in an immutable moment today, and I just knew. I didn't know what it was. So guess what? When there's no knowledge, then there's no truth. If there's no truth, there's no faith. If there's no faith, there's no power. There's no power, there's no change. So when you read something you don't understand and you don't go gain the understanding, you're robbing yourself of it. That's the come the Bible talks about us having knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Knowledge is nothing more than data. That's what they buy today. All of you guys got a data plan. That just means information coming in. After the data, then I have to get the knowledge. What is knowledge? The explaining of what that data is. Data, this is a photo. This is a text. But the understanding is not important until I get the wisdom on what do I do with that data. Wisdom is what do I use knowledge for? 
Understanding is the continual practice of using it to the point that I now understand it and I can repeat it in my life. You ever got a breakthrough for anything in your life and then you try to repeat it and couldn't? Okay, God, what did I do? And you go back and you try to retrace your steps. Okay, I was reading out of the black Bible. Let me get my black one. I think I read, and I was reading. No, it wasn't. It was that red Bible. Baby, what a red Bible. No, I need the blessing, baby. I need the red Bible. No, you didn't understand how it manifested. And so now you're trying to repeat natural steps instead of receiving the spiritual empowerment that comes out of the word itself. So what you have to do is go back to the word. Say the word. The word is the seed. The seed produces not only both the root, but it also produces the fruit. And a lot of time what happens is grace will give you instant fruit, but now it requires the understanding of it over and over and over again to grow continual fruit. Okay, let me slow down. Grace is intended to show you God is real. But it's not meant for you to live on. Because the just shall live by not grace. He's not taking the grace from you. He just don't want you to become a baby that all you want is grace milk. See, four, four things that we have to live on if we're going to develop our faith. The Bible says milk, and then the Bible says meat, then the Bible says strong meat, and then the Bible says honey. Milk is meant for you to be just sustained just for a little bit. Meat is meant for you to learn how to digest it. Strong meat is for you to grow up and not have to always have the pastor pray for you. But honey is what comes to you by revelation. Because see, revel I just found this out. I was talking to one of the hugger culture guys. That's the guy that works in farming and all this kind of stuff in our city. And I said, look here. How long does it take for you to actually digest honey? And so he said, well, the reality is, he said, you don't actually digest honey. I said, what do you mean? He said, honey is actually absorbed into the tongue and never goes through the digestive system. So when Jesus said to you that, I mean, Paul tells you that you're going to take the word in like honey. What he's saying is you were on milk. I raised you to digest the meat of the word, but you abided with me so much that now when I speak, you get instant revelation on what to do. Tell your neighbor, said, no more delay. No more struggle. I'm ready to receive. Okay, so now, why was this so important? Uh, put, the, put it up one more time. I want to show the last one. So now, I, kingdom dominion mindset. I know that God won't lie. And then the understanding of seed, law, and harvesting. I learned this because my grandmother raised me in Mississippi, and every year she would go through two seasons of sowing, two seasons of harvesting, and then a season of preparation during the winter. Now, what I noticed was, let's say it's the early spring, they're breaking up the ground, they're getting the rows and everything lined up. Now I'm country, so if I break some verbs, I apologize, okay? Amen. But I mean, hopefully that doesn't offend you, okay? My grandmother gets the rows. She said, hey, boys, go grab the seed out of the, out of the shack of the barn. So we go get it. We bring it out there. We set it down. We plan. We jumping around the rows and everything. You know, we get spanked twice a day every day. It was just kind of the norm. Amen. So... I mean, you just learn you learn to expect it. Y'all know what I mean? All right, so all of a sudden, we're playing on the rolls. She's like, guys, stop, stop kicking the dirt over. Stop. You're messing my rolls up. Okay. But the moment the seed went into it, she no longer called it seed, and she no longer called it a roll. If we playing on it now, she, boys, get off my peas. If we kick another roll, boys, get off my cucumber. Wait a minute, grandma. A few minutes ago, it was a roll. But when the seed went into it, she called it the harvest. So, so, so you can't say what you gave to Pastor David. What it's supposed to be is what you receive from the seed you sow. Because see, what happened is you start watching how he used the seed instead of calling in the harvest you in need for. Your mouth governs your harvest more than anything else does. You got to train your children. You know, I, I tell people all the time, my daughters who are younger, so I have four, all right, three. Uh, let me tell you something. It takes an anointing to raise children. Don't let the world fool you. Amen? Amen. Grace and anointing and empowerment, prayer, and a belt. See, like-minded. Amen. Praise God. And so one of the things you, you realize is that you have to train children according to the word. 
Well, well, but you know, we, we don't think it's a good idea for you to discipline children. So I know my, my Amherst, who's my oldest of my daughters, she's my number three, but she's the oldest of my daughter. I took her to the store one day and this kid was acting a monkey fool crazy, whatever you want to call him. This kid was just jumping all around. And I was like, oh my God. You know, so I try to pray for other people's parents. You know, Lord, just, you know, give them grace. Let the baby go to sleep something. You know, just because you can tell they embarrassed. They don't know what to do. The baby doing cartwheels, knocking down everything. I mean, from soup to soap, everything in the floor. And so I see Amber's looking at her. I said, baby, don't do it. Because the little boy get up to the aisle and finally the mama gives him what he wants. I said, baby, don't do it. I can see it because I can see the spirit. It was, it was suggesting. It was like, see what happened? I said, baby, mm -mm. the Bible says follow after those who imitate after Christ. Now, that right there was not Christ. Mm -mm, don't you do that. And so she, she reached over to grab, I said, sweetheart, daddy is telling you that that is not wisdom to do that. And she tried for about five seconds. I said, so let me explain something to you. I am unembarrassable. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you, folks can look at me, point at me, take pictures of me. I'll pose. You got it? Okay. And even on the backswing. Don't bother me. And then quote scriptures while I'm doing it. For the saving of your soul. My seed will never beg for bread. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. I mean, I, you will not bother me. And so she realized, she's like, Dad, no, I, I got enough. She got up there. And so the little lady behind the register said, oh, it wouldn't hurt for you. I said, see, you said it now. I said, but you don't understand. I have two other sons. I said, they're just a few years older. I said, but what happens when they get to be 18, my size, pants hanging off their rear end, bandana tied around their head, and a pistol hanging out of their back pocket? You're going to want to know why didn't anybody correct them. I said, so you let me raise my children and you won't have to deal with that. Amen. So now what is that? What is that? That is called authority. Now, listen, you have been given authority in this earth realm. Now, I'm going to be here in a few weeks and I'm going to be teaching a whole series on dominion. And one of the things that we're going to talk about is what do I have dominion over? Five things. I've been studying this now for about seven months, been teaching it in my church now for about two and a half months. I had to simmer that thing a little bit, though. Amen? You know, because I went to it a couple of times, and the Lord said, no, it ain't quite ready. You know, so I, you know, put a little more season in there, turn the eye down in the back, sit in the back, slide the pot, and stir it, you know. I'd be like, mm, not enough grace in it. Let me put a little more grace in it. Amen? Because sometimes, you know, we can be harsh as pastors. You know what I mean? Because we're people. Amen? And then y'all hard-headed, you know? And so sometimes what happens is the people start to, you know, you'd you be like, oh, okay, hold on, Lord. I ain't no grace in that. Let me bag it back. Amen. So be edifying, encouraging, uplifting, and empowering. Amen. Instead, it's, it's beat them down, beat them up, and kick them out. <laughs> Tell them bye. Hey, hey, on your way out. Here, take a bottle of water. You're going to need it. It's hot outside. And where are you going to? You know, so you know, so you don't want to, y'all know what I'm saying. So you got, as shepherds, you have to make sure you balance the word. Amen. Amen. But you've been called to be rich, though. You know that, right? Tell your neighbor something already wealthy. Okay, so now here's the thing that I struggle with with God. For me, okay, I got a kingdom mindset. I know that he won't lie. I'm starting to get an understanding of these laws. So once I put the seed into the ground, I now become responsible for protecting it. Okay? I no longer question it because the law is established. Because in Mark chapter 4, turn to Mark chapter 4, he tells me that I don't have to have a full understanding of the law. I just need to believe that the law works. But I have to have my mind renewed to it. Now, let me say this to you. Can I speak to your church here locally? Destiny Generation? I know you're going through some stuff. That's part of combat. Good soldiers go to war. Your training gets you through. Stay out your feelings. Walk in love, and, it, and his time gets over quick. Because, see, one of the things my tax sergeant used to tell me all the time, he said, you don't have to worry about being afraid. He says, because I'm going to train you to respond beyond your fear. 
Okay. See, 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 courage is not the absence of fear. It's the willingness to do what God instructed you to do in the face of fear, knowing that God's response guarantees a result that you win over the fear. So you don't have to be in a place to where you're questioning if God, God already told you, if I said it, it's good. Love them. Walk. Amen. And if you ain't there, amen, praise God. You see him, you say, hey, hey, girl, get in your car. Because you know you're developing, you're growing. No, because see, some of y'all going to mess your blessing up because you ain't thinking right about this thing. And I, I was sent from Texas. Praise God. I know God sent me because it didn't get below 30 out there yet. Praise God. <laughs> Calling me up here in the winter. <laughs> amen. No. Listen. Change is inevitable. And it happens. Okay? And not everybody handles change the same way. Okay? You trust me, look, listen, offended people are hurt, and hurt people can't be taught. You gotta let them get through the hurt. You got that trying to teach them, girl. Well, you know the Bible says she, they might cuss you out. And then you're gonna be like, I thought you were saved. You're gonna find out just how unsaved they might be. So leave them alone, pray for them, love on them, amen. And don't don't be trying to instruct. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm just gonna love on them. Amen. No matter who they are, no matter where you see them, no matter where they go. Now listen, it's not your place to judge if they're in error or not. Amen? It's your place to love on them. Believe God for them. Intercede for them. And believe that it'd be a quick turnaround. Amen? And listen, trust me, if you start getting your house real fast, your blessing gonna talk. Okay, see, y'all ain't ready. That's right. All right, we'll get that tomorrow. You ain't ready for that part yet. That's okay. Mark chapter 4, that's, no, I mean, I was just testing you. I was trying to see where you were, right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Gospels in the red. They'll feel better. Amen. Mark chapter 4, you there? Say there. All right, now, look at verse 26 and watch what it says. It says, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. So why are you trying to figure out where your harvest is coming from? That's not your business. Let God, I, I, I say this all the time in my church, any who, anyhow, any way I receive because I obey. Okay, who God use? And I'm going to give you some testimonies here. Because see, my faith ain't fake, it's real. I use real names in my testimonies. Because God has continually showed himself faithful and strong. And I, look, I know I'm his favorite, but you can at least be number two. I mean, you know, I ain't found, my wife tried to knock me off the list every once in a while, but I may tell you that testimony we just did with her ring. Maybe I'll tell you that one. Any women want me to do that one? Any married women said tell her the other one? Nobody? Okay, I won't tell that. I'll tell about the tool shed then. I thought y'all want to hear about the ring. Okay, I'm just saying. Somebody asked me what I get. I said, I got a car on her finger. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready. Okay, that's right. So, uh, so Jesus knows how to provide for all his children. All right, so now here's a question. Do you favor any of your children over the other? Well, good parents. Hold on. Wait. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I'm talking to the good parents. You don't favor any of your children over the others. So then what would make you think that God would do more for me in Texas than he would for you in Flint? For you to even think it is an insult to the Father. But see, here's the thing. Your circumstance can put you in a fence to where instruction comes, you won't receive it. But I know what poverty looks like, folks. I grew up in it. And I'm telling you, there's a grace to get you to the next level that God has empowered in me, and I can help you get there. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm ready to receive. All right, go to the next slide for me, guys. I want to run through these couple quick bullets because uh, I'm going to keep you in sync. So tell your neighbor, say the fortitude of a king. A path without resistance has no reward at the end. You're going to have to go through a fight. Why? Listen to me. Don't run from the giant. When you see the giant, that tells you you're close to the promised land. There are signposts that blessings ahead. Half a mile, turn right. Every time you see a giant, you need to be excited. You out there praying all day, all night. I mean, how many giants you see? Well, I didn't see none, but praise God. We had a great time. Hallelujah. 
Look, okay, first of all, money does not respond to prayer. Listen to me. I've had, I've had even theologians try to prove me wrong on this, but the word shows it. God will grace a small seed to the believer to see if they will be obedient to sow it. He will grace bread to you if you're hungry. But if you want to harvest, every harvesting increased seed that God ever showed require you to sow. It is a covenant and not a prayer response. And God is a God of covenant. And when I learned that, I left poverty behind. My mindset changed. I didn't have everything yet, but I knew for a fact that that thing, as much as my grandmother put those peas in that row, I knew it was coming up. I didn't know when it was going to show up, but I kept on watering that seed. I kept the birds away from that seed. I protected that blade when it came up. When I got something small, I gave a shout and praise unto the most high God. I give a dance in the middle of the street. And folks would be like, what happened? I said, God gave me $5 for gas. Hallelujah. They don't understand it. Because see, people who want to judge what you have and harvest don't understand the process you've gone through for sowing. And why are you bothered about the buzzards and the chickens when you call to be an eagle? Come on, you got to get your mind. Number one, that means you got the wrong friends. You're hanging out with people you're supposed to be hanging Listen, well, I'm mentoring them. Listen in. No king ever mentor anyone outside from his throne. So when you train somebody, you bring them into your environment. You don't go into theirs. By the way, every corporate America corporation does the same thing. When it's time to do training, they take you to a training room, to a new facility. They don't put you, they don't come to your, your cubicle. And get all squished up in there with you. Okay, let's go through this. No. When you're going to train someone, you take them to the environment that you're trying to get them to. Does that make sense? Yeah. Tell your neighbor, say, next level. Yeah. Increase yeah. for my life. Yeah. Now, without facing the giant, your true potential is never seen. Potential does not come out until pressure is put on it. Because potential requires faith to fully develop. Pastor, I've been working in my job for 20 years, but you're late 19 of those years. Ain't no potential there. Get the work on time. Oh, Lord. Get the work on time early. In the military, it's like this. You're 15 minutes early, you're still late. That was it. I mean, I, I have tried to explain it away. Now, you're looking for somebody for excuses. I, I, was, I am the king of excuses. Amen. And the Lord's like, no blessing. That was, what do you mean no blessing, Lord? Now, you got to value the word now as we go through this. Amen? Number three, only a lion can sleep with a lion. People always talk about, I don't know how Daniel was able to do it. When the spirit of a lion on the inside of you, the enemy going to stay away from you. The only thing, I, I watch the Nature Channel. The only thing that can sleep with a lion is a lion. That's why God calls you a lion. Tell your neighbor, say, I see myself wealthy. Come on, say it like you mean. He said, I see myself wealthy. So now, look, now I don't want to, yeah, thank you, Holy Ghost. I need to do that. Thank you, thank you. Let me back up a second here. Because see, all the time when, when I make that statement, people misinterpret that to mean things. And wealth is not things. Riches are things. They lose value. You know, you buy something, and all of a sudden, they start to have diminishing value. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a wealth mentality. So I'm going to walk you through a step-by-step -step process of how the Lord taught me to be able to see myself at the next level. Number one, I'm going to teach you how to weave the word tonight, okay? Now, what I mean by weave the word is how you create agreement between one scripture to another one. And then they weave together and then they become a three-strand cord. So just about anybody who's around me know that there's certain scriptures that I believe in, okay? So what you got to understand is what's on the inside of you because if you don't understand your identity, then you'll never receive your increase. Does that make sense? All right, so now let's go to Romans chapter 8. And then it says, until, uh, let me read these last two. Until the temperature rises, you don't know how much heat you can stand up in Christ. And then faith victories require a challenge greater than you. Let me give you an example of what I mean for that, because I just taught this at my church on last night, is uh, you have a bill that's due on Wednesday. You have a three-day grace period that will carry you to Saturday. You know you're going to get paid on Friday. You pray and sow a seed in front of everybody for a show. Oh, Lord, I just know you're going to show up. You get paid on Friday, pay the bill, come to church on Sunday and talk about the Lord showed up. Lie. 
And the moment you do that, you have now deceived yourself. And now you have no real hope because when real pressure comes, you don't know how to stand. Does that make sense? So be real. I'm a believer of the $1 seed producing harvest. And I'm going to show you how to do that before you leave tonight. Tell your neighbors I'm ready for that. All right. So now let's give some established boundaries around who you are as a king. You can go to the next slide too, gentlemen. Romans chapter 8 is where we're going to go. Oh, I love this chapter. I could dance in this chapter right here. I'm telling you. Romans chapter 8, when you get a revelation of Romans 8, the devil will be afraid of your zip code. Okay. All right. Now let's just jump down for the sake of time to verse eight. It says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So in other words, he's not looking for you to do it in the flesh. Amen. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, power scripture. But if the spirit of him, say God, who raised Jesus from the dead, say Jesus, dwells in you, okay? He who raised, now your Bible says Christ, doesn't it? That is a mistranslation. You go and look at, go research it all you want to in the Greek. It does not say Christ, but let me explain to you why, because every time I say that, folks will be like, hey, you say that just because that means that's convenient for you to say that because it goes with what you teach it. No, let me show you why. If he had to raise Christ from the dead, which is the empowerment of Jesus, then he didn't have enough power to not be killed. And then you can go do your research and see. He raised Jesus from the dead. He didn't raise Christ. Christ is the anointing, okay? Satan didn't, he didn't kill the anointing. Everybody agree with that? All right, so now let's go back. Now, but if the spirit of him, God, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, okay? All right. Now, let's do some quick numbers. How many of you believe that the devil let Jesus go without some type of fight. I mean, I'm just saying, you done went through this whole show, you're trying to show how great and how big you are, and all of a sudden, you have this opportunity now to keep him in hell. Would you not want that to be like the poster on your wall? I mean, I believe when he showed up that Satan was getting a tattoo that says, I killed Jesus. I mean, he's not wanting to let him go now. But now, who's gonna fight? So let's think about this. The Bible already established that at least one third of the angels fell with Jesus. Okay. The Bible says that when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, the Bible says that he could have called on and then gives a specific number of angels that he could have called on. Right. All right. So then if he can call on that many angels, let's just take some simple math. Okay. Based on the math that I've run, that means that that's two thirds left from the third that left. So half of that number was there to try to stop him. So at least 24,000 angels that are now demons tried to stop the Holy Ghost from taking Jesus, and they couldn't. And you're going to let one-legged, snagger-toothed demon tell you you can't pay your rent? When that same spirit lives in you? If they couldn't stop the Holy Ghost, when he came to get Jesus, how's he going to stop your healing, your blessing, your increase, your overflow? Do you know what's inside of you? I mean, you, you got to get another little walk about yourself. Your head up, your chest out. They're going to be a swag on you and they're going to be like, that boy ain't got no more money? Yeah, but I got it on the inside and it's growing. I need you to see yourself the way God sees you. Tell your neighbor, say, I am a king. I am royalty. I am dominion. All right, some of you are struggling with it. That's all right. I'm going to get you there. Two things we're going to do. I'm going to show you, number one, how to harvest. Go to the next slide for me, guys, if you hadn't already. I'm going to show you how to harvest off of a dollar seed. I'm going to show you the benefit of it. I'm going to show you how to do it, okay? So five, uh, I said five, I, I added two more here. Number one, you got to learn how to see the invisible. What does it mean to see the invisible? Can I teach you how to see the invisible? I mean, like right now, I'm going to teach you how to see the invisible. Now, tell your neighbor, so you got to have the right mindset to see the invisible. I, I got like 12 minutes, folks. Y'all hang in there. I'm going to show you how to do this. All right. B-L-A-C-K-C-A-R. Black car. 
Anybody see a black car? Anybody? Anybody? What kind of car you see, brother? Cadillac. Okay. Did I say Cadillac? I said black car. R-E-D-T-R-U-C-K. Red truck. Anybody? What'd you see? Okay. So now, with unseen words, I painted an image that they could see and then confess or say out, okay? So let me give you another example, okay? This is one of my favorite right here. 36, 24, 36. Light brown, curve from the top all the way down imperfection and symmetry. Anybody want to say what I'm looking at? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. So, and I like it early in the morning. Three dozen of brown eggs, two dozen of brown eggs, three dozen of brown eggs. But what you saw has to do with what was in you. <laughs> Okay, now, I, I, I'm just saying, whatever image came to you, listen to me, has to do with the training of your thought life. And I've trained myself to think wealth. I've trained myself to think increase. When I went through this negotiation that I was going through right now, I stressed it to the limit. I said, favor, I was sowing seed on 24-hour germination periods. I blew up Cash App. Cash App sent me a little text back saying, you got six payments pending. I'm like, come on, you got to catch up. Why? Because I was negotiating. I was decreeing favor. Favor of God goes before me according to Psalms 5 and 12. Father, I believe that I get instant grace on every seed that I sow according to 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. So now I sow the seed. I expect grace. Now while the grace is working, the seed is going through the process from the seed to the blade to the stalk to the full ear. But that takes time, but favor is instant. So it's a parallel process that every time I sow a seed, so every time I sow a seed, I get instant grace, and then my seed now goes through the process to grow. Why? Because grace helps me stand through the pressure of the... Jesus just said, I don't have to know how. Go to bed, get up, go to bed, get up. So at least 24 hours. Everybody agree? So while it's doing that, grace is sustaining me. All right, I'm going to give you a couple grace testimonies, and now let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17, and I'm going to show you this. So function in faith without limits. Tell your neighbors to no limits. I mean, when the last time you tested your faith? How many of you use your faith today and got results? I mean, I'm talking about every day. So first thing, for two years, I called in $5 every day off of a dollar seed for two years. Took me about nine and a half months before I saw anything come back. But every day, I sowed the seed. Took me about 12 months to claim a parking space where I work. I'm talking about a specific parking space. I got so good at it about month 18 that I could play tic-tac-toe with it. Now, people go like, that's stupid. Why do you want to do that? Because I'm practicing my faith. I'm like an Olympic athlete when it comes to faith. I want to be proficient at it. I want to know that when I walk into the front of the enemy, that Goliath's end is already pre-decreed before I even get into the encounter and make one confession because my faith is as active and alive at the moment that I step in there. And so every day, I said, Father, I thank you that tomorrow I'm going to claim this parking place and I got this spot. I said, now in the name of you, it took me two weeks just to get a connecting middle spot because I went out there and took sidewalk chalk, put X's in the space where I was going to park, and then I called it in by faith. Now, Father, you said in your word according, I call those things to be not according to the written word of God. I believe that the word of God is not meant to be a joke plan, so I'm doing this to develop my faith because I'd rather be practicing on a parking space than practicing on cancer. That's right. That's right. So anybody want to question me why I do it? You don't know how many times I worked out of the, walked out of a Nick unit because of that faith I practice. Yes, indeed, I practice it every day. Call it in, in the name of Jesus. So I finally got it. Boom. The Lord said, now run it the other direction. Boom. Then I heard the Lord tell me, he said, now, claim Terry's. Now, Terry was the lady who ran the building where my company was. She had an assigned parking space with her name on it. <laughs> Jesus, come on now. And Terry used to send memos out once a month. 
anybody found parking in my parking space will be towed within 15 minutes. I mean, like this woman was serious about this parking space. So I'm calling it in and I started practicing. First thing I got to do is sow the seed within me. Man is the ground. Merlin Hickey taught me that. Your soul will grow anything you put in it. So what are you, what are you putting in it? And so all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just, I'm sowing the seed. I'm sowing the seed. I'm sowing the seed. I'm calling those things to be not. Lord, what, what does that mean to call things to be not? And then I, I go do a little bit of study in the word. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show ourselves approved. A workman that needed, right, did not, uh, slow down, Tony Shaw. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm trying to get y'all to somewhere about a certain time because I need you to see this. And so I keep the studying. I'm meditating. I get confidence. Lord, this is your word. According to 2 John, I, I believe 1 John 5.14 and 15. And now I get the confidence in your word. But I know the enemy going to keep coming against me according to John 16 and 33. So all of a sudden I'm confessing, confessing. Now I'm seeing it. I'm confessing it and I see it. And then I hear myself. I said, that, that's my parking space in Jesus name. And I come out one day and I point to it. I said, in Jesus name, I claim that parking space. And Terry came out. She says, why are you pointing at my car? I said, I wouldn't point at your car. I said, I just point over there at the parking space. She said, yeah. She said, if you want, you can have it. She said, because I'm tired of that sun sitting over here on those west side, and it's always hot. I'm going to move my parking space to the other side. <laughs> you can't tell me it don't work. For nine months, I called that parking space in. I looked at it. I walked in it. I pretended like I drove up in there and took out, got out of the door and turned the key off and said, in Jesus' name, that's Tony's parking space. Now, folks don't understand this, but listen to me now. When I moved out of that three-room house in Mississippi, growing up all my life, I moved from there to a mobile home trailer and thought I was in a palace. And it was the first time that I ever took a bath that water came out the top that I didn't have to carry in a five-gallon bucket. So anybody want to judge the faith I have of God being a supplier, you can go live the life that I used to live if you want to be in it. But I know my God is real. But I trust him. I believe his word. And I learned to apply it in the practical day-to-day -day of everything that I do. I apply the word. I learned to sow with efficiency. Let's go to first. Yes. You know the story. There's a prophet. Tell your neighbor said, the reason I sow into the anointing is soil that has access to water. Every pastor that's in here that's called of God, they are ground that you can sow into that can water your seed even in a crisis or famine. Now, I don't have... Tomorrow night, I'm going to talk about the five things, right? So there's the seed that comes from God. We talked about that a little bit, about it being uh, the only thing that came out of the garden. Then we have the soil. Then we have the sower. And then the next thing is you got to have the power of submission. Now, most people don't understand that. But I understand because the military taught me well on that. Because, see, I have over 25 deployments in hostile countries and never lost a man in my 12-man team. The word of God works. This thing ain't fake, folks. I'm telling you, you, you're trying to get a house and a car and all that kind of that, That's fine. But the kingdom of God, we got to get this gospel out. But if I I got to get your rent paid first. Because, come on now, you ain't thinking about your sister, your brother, your cousin, your neighbor, him, when you can't pay your own bills. At least I wouldn't. Maybe, maybe you, you're a better Christian than I was. Because I was like, you want to borrow how much? $20. I'm still 50 short on my rent. You come back and hit me up after Jesus show up for me. Then we can talk about it. <laughs> okay, but I know y'all love Jesus so much, you know, you just put yourself in more crisis by helping other people. Ain't no broke person trying to help nobody like that. All right, let's go. Let's go take a look here at Elijah. Okay. All right. This is Elijah. And I'm going to show you two parts and then we're going to leave. Okay. It says, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. Tell your neighbor, said, that's an easy request. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now, this sounds great. Preachers love to preach this thing, right? And, you know, and I, and I have to be cautious how I teach this, right? Because a lot of times that I call that the pressure seed. Because all they're really doing is trying to squeeze money out of the people. Because, see, it's easy to ask for the cake when it ain't yours. Ask how many preachers then gave up their last cake. 
Because, see, I, 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 I've had the Lord tell me. So my, my oldest son was going through a situation. I've been saving money up for three years for my 30th anniversary, trying to going to buy this specific ring. I got this picture of a Tiffany's ring along with the diamond band that goes along with it, and it's sitting up. So this two-carat ring and this two-and-a-half-carat diamond band is sitting up on the wall, and I'm speaking to it every day for three-and-a-half years. I call it in right now in the name of Jesus. Why didn't you get it faster? Why didn't you get your own faster? Let me work my own faith. I'm speaking to it. I'm calling those things to be not as though they are. I'm sowing in the other people. I'm sowing in the ministry, and every time I do it, I said, now I call the germination cycle in now in Jesus' name, and I just kept speaking to it. I got 80% of it, get 90% of it, get 95% of it, and then I get a real test. Do I love me more than my child? Because my son has one of his dumb days. Now, I know most of y'all have children that don't have those, but I, my son had one of them dumb days. And he goes, but well, Dad, I meant to tell you. What, you, you meant to tell me? Let, let me ask you, how much was it when you meant to tell me? Well, it was 150. Now, how much is it now? Oh, $4,000. You meant to tell me? Okay, come back, Tony. This is not family counseling. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I back up and I hear God says, don't put pressure on him that he can't deliver on. Put it on me. I said, Lord, I've been saying. He said, yeah, but your faith at another level. He said, do this. Pay the need for him. Then what's left, sow a seed to me. Okay, you know this is June. My anniversary is in August. You know how long it took for me to get that. I just want to make sure you and I are on the same timetable. Jesus. <laughs> and you can't put it in your own ministry. So I saw it. I got five places that I saw. It's called proactive faith. I never let the enemy catch me off guard. So I so proactively every time the enemy try to come against me and it's an instant reflex. Every time I see a problem, I respond with a seed. So I did this. So then I'm, I'm talking with the, you know, the little green jeweler folks. Y'all know who I'm talking about. So, all right. So I'm going through this process. She called me. She said, Mr. Shaw, you know, I'm not supposed to do this. She said, we had a gentleman that placed a special order on a larger ring and a higher category than what you're looking at. And I know you told me that you had a situation come up with your son and everything. So now look, he had already put $6,000 down on it, and but it was a special order. And now since he's not gonna get it, uh, we're gonna be sending it back. And I talked to my manager and my manager said that if you wanna buy it, he'll take his 6,000 and apply it to your purchase. Since the ring is already there and what you have left is enough to pay for the ring. Okay. I know y'all wanted to hear a healing scripture. I can give you a healing one too, but I'm just saying. Pastor Regina was not upset with that one. Pastor, how did you do that? I didn't. The Word of God did that. I'm a consistent tither. You can. Yeah, people talk about I tithe. No, I don't tithe. I'm a tither. See, just, I'm a black man. You can't change that. I'm a tither. I'm talking about everything I get, I tithe. If I find a penny, I better find the other nine cents or I'm going to cut that penny into ten parts. But everything I get, God gets a tenth of it. All this stuff trying to figure out, well, I don't know if I do this, my, my gross off my net and all this. You don't have a concept of how great God is when it comes to blessing. But now here's the first thing. Simple question. We're going to go through this. I'm going to finish in less than five minutes, but you got to help me with this. Tell your neighbors I'm going to help you. All right, this is, you know how I do this. Just like Sesame Street. You remember when Morgan Freeman used to be on an electric company and the words would come up and you help, so you're going to help me like this. Okay, real quick. Who was the blessing for right here in 1 Kings 17? Hey, listen, he says, the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Who was the provision for? The prophet. Everybody agree with that? It had nothing to do with her. The blessing was for the prophet. Everybody agree? Yeah. Let's keep reading. Praise God Almighty. So, she, so he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a woman was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, please bring me a little water and that I may drink. And, and she was going to get it. He called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread. Said, see, 
So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. She had enough for two people. Everybody agree? And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Say, do not fear. Okay, so this this where it gets good. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. Say, bless the prophet first. Ooh, pastor, you're getting in some dangerous water. You want me to bless the prophet before my child? No, I want you to sustain the life of your child. Say, bring it to me. Say, present it. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up. Say used up. I hate when I hear ministers talk about the bin just overran with oil and overran with flour. It didn't say that. It said used up, which means it's at the bottom. But then it says her, her family, her household, and the prophet. Say and the prophet. Ate for many days. Say many days. Say till the rain came. So I'm going to say it a different way. Say through the dry season. How, pastor? Because she found the process. The process is bless the prophet every day. I believe she got up every morning, made a cake for the prophet, then went back and made a cake for her and her family. Get up the next morning, make a cake for the prophet, and make cake for the rest of the family. Get up every day and make a cake. How do you know? Because I did it. I did it for 90 days. I took a dollar to my pastor every day, and God made sure that my family and I were sustained. Every day, a dollar. Every day, a dollar. I watched the favor of God. Come on. I went to the light, the water bill company in the little city where we live there in Mississippi, and I walked up to the lady and get ready to tell her, you know, explain to her my situation and circumstance. You know what I'm saying. And so she gets up and walks away, and another lady walks up to her, older lady. I said, okay. I said, how you doing, man? She said, what, what can I do to help you? I said, well, got this situation. Don't have all the money for the water bill. She said, okay. She said, well, how much can you pay? And uh, I said, well, you know, what I really got is this right there. She said, no, I asked you how much can you pay? And somehow or another in the middle of the conversation, I said something. I said, well, you know, Jesus. She said, oh, you want his? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, how much do you want to pay? I said, well, I told you all I really have is it. She said, boy, I didn't ask. She, was, she, she, she was real motherly. I ain't asked you that. She said, I said, well, I got $20. She said, okay, we're going to put the next of it on the next bill. Don't even worry about it till next month bill. I said, okay. Go back, same thing. I go in the same time. Next month, same thing. She see me coming in. She walk up to me, da, da, da. Same thing. I go up and do the next thing. Next month, same thing. I do this for 12 months. And every time I come in, she asks me, how much can you pay? I give her what I have. She moves the rest of it over to the whole bill. Now the glory done showed up. I got all of it. I'm finna stride in there and pay this whole water bill. Now, it don't mean a whole lot to you. I understand it. But, I mean, that's $72.58. I had a stride walking in with it. I made sure the 58 cent was jiggling in my pocket when I walked, too. And I'm like, hey, finna go pay this whole bill. I go in. I say, yes. I say, I'm looking for so-and-so, and I call her by name. She go, baby, she ain't here no more. I said, what are you talking about? She said, baby, we don't know. She, know. she was supposed to retire last year, 12 months ago. But for some reason, nobody knew why she stayed. Wait a minute, hold on a second. You mean the woman that was giving me favor on my light bill stayed 12 months through the 12 months I didn't have, say the dry season. But when the rain came, she wasn't there to get the praise because it wasn't her, it was God that kept her there. God kept this woman from retiring for 12 months. 12 months. I got proof. She took my payment from me personally for 12 months. And I didn't have enough, but I had favor. I was sowing seed. I was consistent in the tithe. I was active in the church. I mean, I was, whatever the Lord asked us to do, we did it. And we did it with grace. But here's the thing. The transfer was coming on my life because I was blessing my prophet every day. See, people don't understand it. Because they, well, I want to give my money to God. He didn't set it up that way. So the problem you have with the system, you got to wait till you get there to discuss the system. But if you want to operate in the system, you better catch on with it right now. Your man and woman of God is the, they, you, that's your connection to your breakthrough. 
See, whenever you sow into them, you access. One of the gentlemen I mentioned to you earlier, and I'm going to close with this statement here, David. David sent his nephew to me. I didn't know him. Had never met him, actually, to my knowledge, the, the one time I was here. I think he was away at school. And David says he had a job. They went, picked him up there in college, brought him down there. And now they are telling him that they don't have anything else for him anymore. They let him go. And I guess for several months, the family has been kind of just kind of help offsetting him. Aunts, uncles, everybody just kind of helped him. He said, well, uh, can you help him? I said, sure, glad to. And so didn't ask him the question because it's David, because he's a real friend, not a clique. Anyway, so he comes over to see me. I said, okay. I said, here's the thing. I'm going to give you a regimen. You follow it. And as long as you do it and do exactly what I tell you to do, I said, God will manifest. He said, yes, sir. And I guess David had told him, whatever he tell you to do, you do it. That comes out of John. Okay. So I gave him a regimen, told him what I was going to do to help him in the times that he needed help. I said, now, if you ever get in need, don't wait till it becomes a crisis. Let me know immediately so that I can help coach you through it. Don't mean I'm going to give you money, but I'm going to help you get through it. And I said, and every time you see me, you will sow a seed. I made it mandatory. He submitted to it. Because, see, I, I was the soil, the water within that. He had to have a seed. He had to find that. And I said, you have to find the seed, but I will make sure you have bread. Did everybody hear that? I said, I don't care if you got to borrow it. Every time you see me, you sow. And in 90 days, he was an employee at IBM. Double what he was making at the other place. Now, listen to me. He followed the process. The blessing was already on the prophet. Now they have to obey by submitting to the prophet. And now they have to access the transfer. That's exactly what Elijah did. It didn't have anything to do with Elijah seeing Elijah get taken away. You go back and read it. We're going to read it tomorrow. What did he really see? That's something you can go study tonight, students. We're going to be in 501 tomorrow at about 7 p.m., Please make sure you bring your Bibles, your notepads, and everything else so we can talk about your supernatural increase and we can get you your house before you leave. Blessings on you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God.